Today is March 11th, 2019, and you're listening to Life in General with Ron Tang. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, thanks for tuning back into Life in General. And um, first and foremost, I'd like to apologize for the delays on this podcast for my very few uh, listeners and subscribers. Um, I'm back for now. Um, it's been a month since I've checked in, I think maybe even longer than that. As you guys know, I typically don't miss uh, a single week on this podcast, and uh, I, I've been doing it what since last last July. So it's it's almost been it's almost been a solid year. I know because SoundCloud reminded me that I gotta renew my subscription, so my annual subscription. But um, right now, I do apologize for the delays. Uh, some friends have been asking. I've gotten a couple messages, even from acquaintances about how uh, I quit the podcast or, you know, I couldn't I couldn't stick to it or whatever. But no, I got about, what, four episodes left, and then, you know, I'll be back in two months' time on this podcast. But the support has been great so far. So um, thanks for tuning in again. If you are listening, um, I'm not even going to beat around the bush about uh, what's been going on and why this podcast has been so delayed. I have been dealing with some mental health issues, so there it is. Just right around the time, coincidentally, this whole Bell Let's Talk campaign was going on. And right now, uh, you know, I, I, I put in uh, a request. I haven't, I haven't really been working all that much, but, you know, I got other things on the go. I've managed to do some of that, but it, even that's been hard. Um, I couldn't exactly tell you. I mean, I could tell you, but these are all speculations about what's been going on and what happened and how I have been diagnosed with a, a major depressive disorder, which really just came out of the blue. Um, <clears throat> and I'll just tell you guys uh, what happened. So as I recall, this was around December 15th, right? And I remember I was at an outing. Actually, it was, I was at a friend's uh, housewarming on the 15th. Just before Christmas, everybody was already rocking their, their cute little Christmas, ugly Christmas sweaters. So, you know, the outing was great. I went over there with a bottle of wine and the hookah was on. Some people were on the porch and the game was going. So it was that night, something just came over me. And, you know, this is not something I've experienced before. This is not something I've previously had. I mean, like I've had depression before, but I'm usually able to shake it off within, you know, a couple of days or, you know, a week and a half at most. And I usually know what to do, right? Like, you know, cold showers, meditation, you hit the gym, you know, you go for a run, you change up your diet a little bit, and usually it's it's all good, right? And it's usually a situational or, or seasonal, as people say. Like something happens and that triggers something in your brain and then you start feeling depressed. Very similar to people who lose their jobs or break up, lost somebody, you know, lost of a loved one, pet died or something. They have triggers. Being in shitty relationships, there's always triggers, right? So this time, something came over me when I was at that outing, and I remember feeling like panic, terror, and there was no anxiety, but there was a bit of panic, but mostly terror and feelings of hopelessness, bleak, and I just, I remember standing there. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't tell you. I kind of just isolated myself there just during that moment because I was you know I was pretty social during that whole time but just when I knew something hit me and I couldn't tell you what it was it was just severely low moods and right away I felt something was wrong I didn't know what it was but I knew something was wrong so I kind of just stood aside I'm like fuck what the fuck is going on like what is happening right now um 
And then, you know, I, t- I said goodbye to everyone. I had to go. Like, I just wasn't comfortable. So I, I left. Uh, I remember walking back to the car thinking, okay, maybe I just didn't get enough sleep or it's been a stressful week. Or maybe, you know, it's adrenal, adrenal fatigue. And these things happen, right? When you're, you, you've been up too long and you've been on the go for so long that your body is just tired, but you don't know it. And then there are usually symptoms of depression that comes with adrenal fatigue, right? So I got back to the car. I drove home, fell asleep. And then the next day, it was still there. So I was like, okay, um, I don't know what this is, but same thing. You know, I did everything I needed to do, I, you know, hit the gym, my regular routine, you know, cold showers, meditation, you know, fasting. I did the intermittent fasting. I did chlorophyll in the morning. So there was all that, you know, fast forward a week later, still there, two weeks. I'm like, okay, something obviously is, is going on. Um, maybe I need to see a professional. And uh, it just got progressively worse from that point on. And I remember one time I was leaving work and I was walking back to the car. This was on Spadina downtown. I was walking back to the Green P to get my car. And right there, I had this very slight dissociated disorder, which I found out later. It was called derealization and depersonalization where I felt completely out of body. That's when I had that panic attack I had no idea what the fuck was going on this is by far the scariest fucking thing that's ever happened so I remember looking at myself and I and I didn't remember at that time exactly who I was I mean I knew who I was but I felt very strange like it was very foreign and everything felt dreamlike brain fog uh dreamlike state it was like you're in a video game so right there I'm like I'm like what the fuck is going on like and so, like I said, everything up to this point is only speculation. So I'm thinking I went home and I did so much research on this that it could have been triggered from that one time. Because back right before um, December 15th, I had one um, panic attack from smoking weed. And I haven't smoked in a long fucking time, right? So I think that might have triggered something. You know, my doctor said, yeah, it could happen, uh, you know, from your everyday activities, your dopamine rush. And, you know, sometimes people are just predisposed to things like this happening when you do smoke and you get paranoid. What happens is you get um, people. Some people are just not meant for for smoking marijuana. So it could have been that whole dopamine dump thing. Right. So that was one speculation. The only thought that time, and I was like crippled, I was immobilized by that event. So I quickly just said, fuck it, you know, go start the car. Because once you're on the, the gardener, it's just fucking autopilot till you get home, right? So I did that, went home, fell asleep. And then the next morning, I was just researching everything on, uh, I, which I found out was depersonalization slash derealization disorder. It's a very disassociative disorder. And what happens is when you're, anxiety kicks up and you have a panic attack it's like your body's way of defending itself so you quickly become uh, disassociated it's like your body's way of protecting itself so it's trying to like escape man it felt like an out-of-body experience so um i kind of brushed that off again thinking that yeah i'm gonna be fine you know um i just need to fucking like hydrate and fucking go out um so i took a trip to cuba right so i got a friend to come we fucked off to Cuba for a week. This was now, this is January 10th now. And I remember getting there, like I was severely depressed going to the airport at the airport when I landed and I'm like, oh shit, like it's still there, it's still there. Maybe, you know, there's going to be sunshine, beaches, swimming, all that, you know, the week's going to be fucking great. 
But still, when I got there, I was checking in, and I remember I had no mood whatsoever, like zero mood. Um, surely enough, you know, the next day we ate, and then we got to the beach, you know, met some people. Although we didn't, re- we didn't really talk to a lot of people. Um, I don't drink, but I I had a few during that week, and fuck, nothing helped. That's when I was like, okay, this something, there's something going on in my brain chemistry. This isn't really just this for sure isn't seasonal, or situational. Um, the time that was spent there, I think it was about the third day where I was like, yeah, I want to go home. Like this isn't cutting it. Um, and I kept trying to distract myself by going on excursions, right? Fucked off for a bit, went on this trip called uh, Trinidad, which is a little town outside of, we stayed in a place called Cayo Santa Maria, which is a little island away from Veradero, Havana, the usual So we did that, and then fast forward, all this shit happened. Yeah, yeah, the usual all-inclusive, which I really did not enjoy anyway, even if I wasn't depressed, to be quite honest with you. All-inclusives are usually not my thing. It's too spring break-y for me. So anyways, I flew back, back to Toronto, back to Mississauga, and then it got progressively worse. And I remember my friend picking me up at the airport, and I, I was telling him what was happening. So, you know, the next morning he was there, we had breakfast, one in the gym, and I just felt like I didn't know what it was. And it was just a, like a, a wave of like severe terror, darkness. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what's happening. I, I need to go home. I need to go home. Um, that was the moment I decided I'm going to get professional help. I, I admitted it to myself that I needed uh, professional help. And so far, it's been a rough fucking couple months. It's been a rough journey into this, and it's costed me a lot, you know, time, especially time, and even in terms of being back in the dating world. So, you know, the fucked up thing is uh, I I kind of got back into dating, so I downloaded uh, this dating app, Bumble, right, which um, people tell me, you know, it's, it's great, it works because, you know, girls make the first move, and it's the ones that you like, whatever, whatever. And so I dipped back into that. It was such fucking bad timing because I was going through this shit and I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Maybe this will this will help me, right? Maybe this will solve the fucking problem. And I actually ended up talking to this one girl I liked. And um, I mean, that was such bad timing on my part because I should have just dealt with this and then maybe got back into dating world because now I kind of just, I feel like I kind of lost out on something that could have been. So I started talking to this one girl and... You know, she's fucking gorgeous. Um, it was first Bumble. We talked for a while. Sorry, that's my fucking... Anyways, um, as I was saying, so it was Bumble and then WhatsApp. And I just started talking to her and I liked her. I just felt like, shit, I'm going through this thing. And I don't want it to seem like I'm kind of just fucking off. Because at that point, I've already eliminated everybody else I was talking to. And I was focusing just solely on her. So I I straight up just told her what was happening. And bear in mind, this is after maybe, what, like two weeks or maybe two and a half weeks of talking. I was, I wanted to meet this girl. And this girl was telling me that she talked to other guys, but it didn't, it wasn't really happening with them. They wanted to meet up and guys were bothering her and she hasn't met up with anybody yet. And what kind of like fascinated me about this one girl that I was talking to was the fact that she was just so different in a way that the modern girls today, like 99% of them are just constantly glued to social media, purely on Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter with their glitz and glamour. And I noticed like she wasn't like that at all, right? Which is to my surprise, looking the way that she looks, 
So I'm like, okay, this may be, you know, I want to give this a shot. I like this girl. And then I'm like, but fuck, I'm dealing with this thing right now that seriously, like I have never dealt with something remotely close to this in my life. And if I just straight up said it, it's going to look like I have a bunch of fucking mental health problems, right? But I'm like, whatever, just be honest, just fucking tell her what's going on. Um, so I did. And, you know, from time to time, I'll shoot her like these audio notes and like, I'll, I, you know, and I, I told her what, what I was going through through like a, a video, not knowing that I come from doing podcasts and come from being in front of the camera. You know, I've been on productions and I've shot my own content. So it was like, whatever, probably kind of weird for her because most people don't do that. Like people don't usually send all these voice notes and fucking videos. And it was a, it was kind of a way for me to make her feel comfortable just like listening to me you know looking at me having me talk to her just to normalize things so she, she would be so she would be comfortable right and you know I told her what was happening and this like I'm still disappointed to this day because I feel like this whole fucking depression thing you know it costed me that too so and um you know I was honest I told her what was happening and you know she was cool about it and um and then she's and then one day I remember talking I'm like yo I just I just need some time I just need some time to fucking deal with this and I don't know what she was thinking at the time. Maybe, you know, she just thinks I'm shady or whatever. But, you know, I think she generally believed me. But then, you know, she told me she sort of dealt with the same thing before. She shot me this message saying like, oh, yeah, you know, let's just be friends. Right away, I'm like, all right. So there goes that. So I was cool with that, whatever. I already kind of knew, like, um, I think for her, subconsciously, she was already more turned off than, you know, as much as like she'll say it's not, I think she was already subconsciously more turned off by the fact that I have to deal with this like mental illness, you know, it's not, it's not very alpha per se, right? So when she said that, I'm like, all right, cool. And then I decided to check in a couple of weeks after and there was a mention about her just needing to be alone. She's not ready to date. And even then I kind of knew she kind of like pulled away and I knew she kind of subconsciously, even though she does not think it, there's a part of that, what I told her, it was like kind of a turnoff, right? And I knew it kind of turned her off. I'm like, fuck it, it is what it is, right? I told her the truth. This is this is the, the honesty because I actually like this girl. Um, and then there was a mention about uh, her ex coming back recently and how she's put off by everything. So that was when I kind of knew uh, that's that's really that's usually a clear cut way of nipping it in the bud. So I kind of got the message at that point and I realized that it wasn't it wasn't so much about her not wanting to bother me. It was more about her not wanting to be bothered. So um, there was that, you know, so lesson learned when you're not fucking ready. Don't go back into the online or just in back into the dating world if you're not ready. Just make sure, you know, you're fucking free of any depression, uh, sickness, attachments. Fucking fix yourself, heal yourself, focus on your shit. You're 100, you're ready to find someone, then you go on a date. Otherwise, you might just fucking meet someone you like and fucking it all goes to shit, right? So there's that. Um, holy shit, already into 15 minutes. Um, so anyways, dealing with it uh, from that from that day on till today, um, so I got a bunch of blood work done, right? Uh, they didn't know what the fuck was going on with me. So right now they're checking. Hold on, let me let me see this shit. I'm gonna pull it up for you guys. All right, so um, glucose, uh, bilirubin, al albumin. I don't know what that shit is, but serum total testosterone because they have reasons to suspect my testosterone levels are low. 
even though it's not. I don't think it is. I don't think that's a problem. Serum sex hormone binding globulin, serum-free uh, TSH, B12, calcium, and all that other shit. So, you know, they're going to find out what I'm deficient in. But, you know, everything's still speculation. Um, but all the doctors I've seen and all the shrinks I've seen said that there is something possibly wrong and I don't want to fucking argue about how it's not chemical or it is like it is it is fucking chemical like it is it is there is a chemical imbalance with your neurotransmitter sometimes you know it could be a genetic thing although there is no history of my family having depression but um but I don't know right because there's a stigma around it and especially in Asian culture we don't we don't fucking talk about it so you know it does have to do with um dopamine levels serotonin and norepinephrine um so there's that and we're going to do a bunch of tests and find out but what's fascinating to me is my research and this is a fucking breakthrough where every day i'm finding new articles and you know you probably you've probably heard of this some of you guys but the new ketamine treatment for people who are uh treatment resistant to depression so you know the usual is usually like okay what happens is you know you try a bunch of different meds you know you go on one it doesn't work you go on another one and then you find the right one because there's so many different types of SSRIs that people just don't go on one and then find oh yeah this is they usually go through trial and errors where you know they they play with the dosages and sometimes you're depression symptoms are even more severe than it was so they have to keep switching it up whether it's fucking Ciprolex Prozac Zoloft whatever so that's usually what happens, how they play around with that. That turns out to be, if you aren't, usually if by the second or third one, if it's not working, usually SSRIs are not working for you. Um, I don't recommend SSRIs for people who's just going through shit like, oh, I broke up, I need SSRIs. It's not. It's more than that. It does help, but it's a really a Band-Aid solution. Um, so then after SSRIs, if people are treatment resistant to, to medicine, what happens is there's other options. For example, there's TMS treatment, uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation. There's electroconvulsive therapy, but that's pretty extreme. But this new discovery, I've been and I've been following this every single day, and it's been mind-blowing how ketamine now um, is used for people that really can't get rid of depression. And it's an old anesthetic that's been used in the 50s for um, surgical anesthesia. And they found out that it's actually a mild uh, hallucinogen. It attacks part of your brain. It's called the glutamate system. And that also plays a factor even till today. Like these neurologic scientists still haven't completely uh, figured out a way yet. Because for the longest time, the hypothesis is your three neurotransmitter, which is you know dopamine, uh, serotonin, and norepinephrine but now the glutamate system plays a huge role in your brain's uh, plasticity so what ketamine actually does it, it rewires your brain it fixes some of the neurotransmitters and the pathways in which it was damaged in i would say over 65 percent of people who who have used it got rid of suicidal thoughts they didn't the depression did not go into remission and um for the most part, some of them will have to keep going and get the treatments, but it usually lasts about anywhere from two to six months. But it's a fucking a gift from God, and we haven't had a breakthrough in uh, treatment of depression in over 50 years. That's like half a century, so that's good. Um, shit, we're already out of time. We're at 21 minutes. Um, well, I guess this is what happens, right, when I haven't given you guys a podcast for fucking two months. 
but this new discovery on ketamine is is fascinating to me. So if you guys look it up, I mean, if um if you guys know somebody who's come down with a major depressive disorder or treatment resistant depression as they call it, and they have been diagnosed, not self diagnosed, saying that they're depressed because you're fucking not, because you're not getting shit your way, and, you know, you're just having a bad week or a month, whatever, you'll get over it. All right. But the people that are actually clinically depressed or have been diagnosed with a depressive disorder, there is hope. Um, the FDA actually just approved it as a nasal spray, but you have to be monitored by a doctor. And um, But as of now, uh, we, you still can't get the IV drip. It has to be done through a physician. There's only one ketamine clinic right now, and it is in Mississauga in all of Ontario. All the other ones uh, are in the United States, which you can go and get treatment. Uh, it's about 4000 comes with six sessions, about $700 a bag, or some of them charge like 450 whatever the price is. Uh, I'm just going to fucking go off the rails and make this quick because we're out of time. Um, there's about 100 ketamine clinics now in the States, and it's been saving thousands of lives, like maybe even more than that, but it's a miracle drugs, guys. Uh, look it up. Um, ketamine, also known as club drug special K, uh, although it could be dangerous when used as a club drug, but other than that, it's saving a bunch of lives right now, and it's a fucking miracle breakthrough. All right, uh, guys, thanks for listening. Again, uh, I don't even know what episode this is. It might be 23. It might be 24. I don't know. I got to check the SoundCloud records. And uh, thanks for listening again. I'll do my best to continue and have the other guests on as promised. And uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Life in General, and I'll talk to you guys later.